Welcome back into LNL headquarters here in Omaha, Nebraska. I'm Clay Osterley. Today is September 22nd, Thursday. Just a few minutes here. I'm going to have a look at your local gray television stories going on that are making headlines across the country. But for now, I want to bring in my colleague Victoria Shirley. She's got a look at your national top headlines that are making stories across the country today. Victoria, take it away. Thank you so much for that, Clay. Let's jump right into it. But first, let's give you kind of uh, a not a tease, but an inside look into what we'll be talking about over the next few moments. All right, we know that Alex Jones has testified in his defamation trial. What did he say? What was covered in that? We'll have the details for you. Also, uh, Trump responds as the New York Attorney General sues and the Department of Justice removes, resumes their document probe. And Amazon's Bezos CEO must testify in a, an FTC investigation. How that investigation might actually involve you sitting at home. And mortgage rates have reached the highest level since 2008. What does this mean for our economy? We'll tell you all of that and much more. But let's jump into that first story there that we see on that bullet point on your screen. Let's talk a little bit about Alex Jones. Alex Jones took the stand today in a trial to determine how much he and his company Infowars will have to pay Sandy Hook families for defamation. The controversial talk show host had repeatedly pushed a narrative that the mass shooting at that school was a hoax and that all the victims and their relatives were crisis actors. During his testimony, Jones admitted he called Judge Barbara Bellis a tyrant and that his trial is being held in a, quote, kangaroo court. Bellis told Jones there were some issues he cannot testify about due to agreements between lawyers from both sides. If Jones violates Bellis's order, Bellis said she will hold him in contempt of court. All right, some updates now to uh, President Trump and some investigations he's involved in. Former President Trump is on the defensive. A federal appeals court says the Justice Department can resume its review of classified documents seized from his Florida home. And the New York Attorney General is suing him for alleged fraud. Trump is responding to two probes that took major steps forward yesterday. A federal appeals court panel ruled the Justice Department can resume its criminal review of classified documents seized from his home. Its ruling echoes DOJ concerns about national security risk. The appellate judges didn't buy the argument Trump had somehow declassified the documents. Meanwhile, in New York, the state attorney generals filed a civil suit against Trump and others. She alleges he fraudulently obtained loans by inflating the value of his assets on applications, among other schemes. Trump's former attorney, Michael Cohen, made similar allegations when testifying before a House committee in 2019. The appeals court ruling is a reversal of the trial judge's decision that put documents marked classified in the hands of a special master. That would have allowed Trump's attorneys to see them, but it would have barred the Justice Department from using them in its criminal probe. All right, moving on to Amazon. On. Uh, nearly everyone you know, or you know, if you don't have one, someone near you might have an Amazon Prime account. Well, that issue 
that topic is under investigation. The Federal Trade Commission says Amazon founder Jeff Bezos and CEO Andy Jassy must testify in its investigation into the company. The FTC is investigating whether the company misled people in subscribing to Amazon Prime and other services. The decision comes after earlier Amazon claims that FTC staff were harassing the two men and imposing undue burdens on them. The company had filed a petition to the agency, the agency's topmost officials, asking them to intervene. But agency commissioners said Amazon had not met the legal threshold to block the civil subpoenas issued to the two men. Now, the probe began last year as an investigation into Amazon Prime and whether Amazon automatically enrolled customers in the program without their consent. It has since expanded to include nearly a half dozen Amazon services, including Audible, Amazon Music, Kindle Unlimited, and Subscribe and Save. All right, some news from the housing market. Mortgage rates are the highest they've been since the year 2000. And eight. They've been climbing for more than a month now, hitting 6.29%, according to Freddie Mac. To put it in perspective, it was 2.88% this time last year. Recession fears have been making rates more volatile in the face of yet another rate hike from the Federal Reserve in its ongoing fight against inflation. Because of the higher rates, home prices have started to soften and sales have decreased. But there's still a shortage of available homes for sale. All right, that's a look at your top national stories. We're going to uh, turn our attention to our local great TV stations and the stories that they're producing. My colleague and co-host Clay Osterley is standing by. Clay, you've been looking through all of the great TV websites and choosing uh, the trending stories and the stories of interest, right? Right, and uh, we do have a couple of those uh, picked out for you here. Most of uh, the top trending stories today coming to us uh, out from uh, the West uh, here for most of us. So let's take a look here uh, first at uh, some of the local stories that are going on uh, across the country. We'll uh, get a look at a little bit of a preview that we have going on for you here today. First up, of course, comes to us uh, from... Uh, Arizona, and uh, we have a restaurant there that is in hot water after inspectors find several health violations there in their restaurant. And you can, of course, read that on your screen right there. Not good stuff. We'll let KTVK tell the rest of the story there. Also, KVVU from Las Vegas, some real estate agents across Nevada getting what's called catfished. Basically, it means that the deal looks a whole lot better than it actually is uh, by a fake wealthy buyer they get him all the way to the end of the buying process and then he just suddenly backs out uh, kvvu from las vegas will have an update on that and then up to alaska ktuu they have an update and an investigation of an elderly man that is accusing the alaska state police of using excessive force during his uh, ordeal with them. And so KTUU from Anchorage is investigating that matter. Lastly, a, a man is considered a medical miracle by doctors down in Missouri, KMOV uh, in St. Louis, has an update on this man's progress after he was shot in the head, left for dead, and he is still around today to tell his story. So first up, I do want to talk to you about uh, the situation in Arizona. 
uh, from KTVK. So a restaurant there in Arizona is facing several problems after inspectors go in and find several health code violations in that restaurant. One of those among the several raw pork brains being stored above fresh produce. I'll let KTVK, uh, KTVK from Phoenix, Arizona take over from here. Right now to an Arizona's family exclusive dirty dining is back <laughs> every Wednesday on the news here at 10. You're going to see Valley restaurants putting your health at risk by not keeping their kitchen clean. So it's not a great report, but it's stuff you need to know. You're also going to see the hot spots on the Dean's list. Jason Berry joins us now with tonight's all new dirty dining report. Meat stored in trash bags, workers not washing their hands. Those are just a few of the health code violations inspectors recently found at some Valley restaurants. The Cuisine and Wine Bistro near Alma School Road in Chandler Heights Road in Chandler. Four major violations. Green and black organic growth in tomato paste, food kept past its discard date. The original Cuisine on Broadway Road off Dobson Road in Mesa. Four violations, raw pork brains stored above garlic and chili oil, food debris left on a meat slicer. Papa John's Pizza on Broadway Road off 46th Street in Phoenix. Four violations, pre-cooked chicken wings not kept cold enough, Windex and liquid sanitizer not stored properly. Desert Jade Restaurant on Indian School Road off 32nd Street in Phoenix. Four violations. Raw shrimp and cream cheese stored at unsafe temperature. Raw beef stored in trash bags. And the place with the most health code violations, Marisco's El Rey on Southern off Country Club Road in Mesa. Six major violations. Marisco's El Rey had an employee using his bare hands to prep ready-to-eat foods. Raw shrimp and fish stored above ham. And cheese and eggs not held at the proper temperature. The place is now on notice to clean up or could face legal action. Jason Berry for Arizona's Family. Hey, Jason, thank you for that. Now that we know the spot's not keeping things clean, here's a look at the Dean's List. Restaurants with perfect health inspection scores, we want those. Mesa Golfland in Mesa, Moose Lodge at 95th Avenue in Peoria, Brothers Pizza, 107th Avenue in Indian Okay, definitely want to avoid those uh, couple of restaurants. If you want to see more of the Dean's List, the ones that you can go to or should go to, you can head over to ArizonaFamily.com and click on this story uh, there on their website. Okay, heading up to Las Vegas, just a little ways north of there. Uh, KVVU there in Las Vegas is looking into an interesting situation involving, involving real estate agents. Real estate agents there, several of them, thought they had hit the jackpot with a wealthy buyer, but it turns out they were getting catfished by a poser wealthy buyer, which basically means, well, they thought they had hit the jackpot. He thought he was, he was presenting himself as someone very wealthy and then backed out of several deals there. So KVVU is now looking into the story from Las Vegas. Let's send you out there for the latest. They're being targeted. A man posing to be a wealthy buyer is backing out of deals, leaving them to question his real identity. Fox 5's Lauren Martinez joins us live now with the details of this catfishing story. Lauren? 
Yeah, John, to catfish someone is to lie or hide behind someone's identity. It's really unclear who this man is and what his motives are. Do you want to see the view? Come outside. You've got to see this view. For nearly 25 years, Michelle Dugan has sold real estate in the Las Vegas Valley. Her sister works alongside her. After the pandemic, it's usual to have clients they never meet in person. We, we don't sold. meet many, many properties without ever even meeting the buyer until we're handing them their keys. But a recent buyer they spoke with over the phone, through text and email, catfished the pair. Never. This has never happened to me, ever. A man posed to be part of a well-known and wealthy family in the Valley. He had the sisters write an offer on a $1.5 million house that got accepted without ever showing proof of funds, presumably because of the last name he was using. We pushed for the proof of funds um, many, many times and didn't get it. And by that time, we had already the signed offer, so we had to move. We had to act. And when we acted, they never asked for it, the listing side. They must have seen the name is all I can think of because they never even asked us any questions. They just said, yeah, the seller accepts. They opened escrow but never received the money. He even requested a home inspection, but the inspector never got paid. His phone was then disconnected, and they're not the only realtors he's done this to. You have to be very careful with identity theft, things like that, but never somebody having me do so much work, being so persistent, and lying with so many details, all to still to this day not know what the end game was. Croystal said she knows eight other agents directly that have similar stories. We just want to let other um, realtors know that there's a guy preying on realtors right now to waste their time, to waste a lot of people's time because he's bored and sad and lonely. The realtors I spoke to said they don't know how he benefits from doing this. Uh, one thinks that this is just a casing. Uh, he's just casing houses. And another agent thinks it's a scam he's tried in the past. Reporting live from Henderson, Lauren Martinez, Fox 5 News Local, Las Vegas. And the National Association of Realtors have an entire section on their web. All right, you can head over to fox5vegas.com if you want to follow up on that story. But, yes, yeah, still lots of questions to be answered, so I'm sure Fox 5 will be hitting the streets once again to uh, look for some of the answers to those questions. Heading up way to the north now to a station with similar call letters to, KT, uh, to KVVU. We're talking about KTUU this time up in Anchorage, Alaska. An elderly man is accusing the Alaska State Police of using excessive force when it comes to his encounter with them. So KTUU is now looking into this investigation uh, and has the story for you here. We bring you a story about Bob Bodell from Soldatna. He says he was assaulted by a rookie state trooper after the vehicle he was riding in became stranded. But troopers say it was Bodell who became argumentative and combative. Investigative reporter Mike Mason began looking into this case back in March. It was a cold Alaska night in January 2021, around midnight on the Sterling Highway in Soldatna when Eric Haddock, his wife Katie, and their 71-year-old friend Bob Bodell became stranded. Bodell says Haddock was giving him a ride home when they ran out of gas. Yeah. Haddock and his wife say they used their cell phones as flashlights, signaling in the direction of a house at the end of a dark driveway. And didn't see anybody move or anything, just heard loud dogs. So I decided to point at the vehicle and point where I was going, and then I walked 
away. Bob Bodell says he stayed inside the SUV while Haddock and his wife left on foot to get gas. But the people in the house, at the end of that dark driveway, called 911. All right, tell me exactly what happened. Um, there's suspicious flashlight activity at the end of our driveway. Um, our dog's going crazy. Recent trooper recruit Brian Glenn responded to the call. He had graduated from the academy six months prior and was working alone that night. Glenn's cruiser was equipped with a dash cam, but it was out of service. He did have a device to record audio. The trooper arrived to find a man sitting in the passenger seat of an SUV. Operating procedures for Alaska State Troopers state, officers shall make every effort to digitally record their interactions with the public. Recording prior to contacting the public is recommended. I was sitting on the passenger side. But the audio recording in Bodell's case begins after things get heated. And the trooper tells Bodell he's issuing a disorderly conduct warning. I'm not asking. What am I being charged with? Right now, you're not being charged with anything. Right now, I'm just talking to you, okay? So I'm done answering questions. Odell claims he had already told Trooper Glenn who he was, where he lived, how he had a prior head injury, and that he doesn't have a driver's license. But Trooper Glenn's report states Bodell refused to provide one or identify himself. The trooper also reported smelling alcohol and spotting a bottle of whiskey in Bodell's jacket pocket. Bodell claims Glenn kept insisting he was the one driving the vehicle, not waiting for his friends to get gas. Right now it sounds to me like you're lying to me, okay? Oh, I give you my name and address. Okay. Oh, some people are just walking down the street, you know, giving me a ride, except that there's nobody walking down the street. Bodell grew angry. And I faced him, I said, no! Spouting profanities before calling his friends on his cell phone, which he then handed over to the trooper to verify his story. Glenn spoke with Haddock, who confirmed he was getting gas. That's when Trooper Glenn took to the radio. Any units in the area, there's two individuals passing an old KSRM. One of them's claiming to be the driver of this vehicle. Bodell says that's when he decided to keep his mouth and the car door shut. Sir, sir. I'm going to need you to open the door for a minute, okay? You wouldn't let me exercise my right to remain silent. Within minutes, the incident escalated to this. If you make any more noise, raise your voice, act a fool, okay, you're going to be arrested for disorderly conduct. Let me tell you something, mother Get on the ground now. Get on the ground now. On the ground now. Do a on your stomach! On your stomach! The incident report confirms Bodell was maced, tased twice, and struck in the head and face by Trooper Glenn before being taken to the ground and handcuffed. Right now you're on arrest for assault in the fourth degree and disorderly conduct. Paramedics arrived to assess Bodell's condition. Just so you know, he has no complaints, but he does have a little bit of a busted face. Well, I have no idea if he's got any underlying health conditions, I would imagine. Trooper Glenn talked to his sergeant, Joseph Miller, about Bodell's medical treatment. No, I got to take him down to the hospital, get him out of the clear, huh? No, no. not necessarily. Yeah. Right. What's wrong with him? Got a little freaking nosebleed? He gives a They had my face down in the snow there, and they, they never took me to the hospital for being not unconscious. They didn't take me to the hospital for that. At the time, another trooper, Jacob Barker, was wrapping up a different call. Hey, what's going on? Barker set out to find Bodell's friends. His dash cam was working. 
The video shows Barker's cruiser reach 75 miles an hour traveling through downtown Soldotna and even higher speeds up to 97 miles an hour for seven minutes while driving on dark snow-covered roads. Trooper Barker did not use his flashing lights. It was a seemingly frantic search to find a couple walking down the road to get gas. A response the Department of Public Safety's commissioner says violates standard operating procedures. He was in violation of our policy by not having his overheads and sirens there. Trooper Barker eventually found Haddock and his wife, Katie. All right, Eric, so how much have you had to drink tonight? I had a beer, like, early, early, early. Well, I'm smelling a lot of alcohol coming off you. My wife's been drinking all night. Okay, well, just from what I'm smelling, uh -huh. I'm going to say a beer isn't honest. It seemed at that point they were no longer interested in anything other than trying to find something to, uh, to stick, a charge. And there was a report of you having an alcohol bottle on you no alcohol when bottle. you were walking away. Despite the fact Haddock was far away from his car, he agreed to a field sobriety test. Trooper recruit Joseph Robles, who graduated from the academy two months prior, conducted that test. Um, when did you have your first drink tonight? When did I have my only drink? Gosh, around four. Around four? Yep. Haddock was tested and apparently passed. Robles then stepped aside to consult with another trooper. In this situation, would I be able to use a PBT to see if he has any alcohol in him? So there isn't an arrest anyway, right? No. So what's the PBT matter? I guess it doesn't really, because I have to make my decision before that, okay. just to confirm. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, drop foot, me. Okay. Yeah, it was it was pretty cold out that evening. They, they made me wait on the side of the road for over an hour and a half uh, with my wife. All right, Eric. Eventually, Haddock and his wife were free to go. But that was not the case with Bodell, as he described in this YouTube video recorded four days after his arrest. This is what happens when you exercise your rights to remain silent to the Alaska State Troopers. Bodell would have to plead his case in court and he was worried it was his word against the troopers. That means I'm going to die in prison for nothing. But this isn't the end of Bodell's story. Six weeks after his arrest, a new witness comes forward, and the case takes an unexpected turn. Mike Mason brings us part two of the story tomorrow night at 6. You can head over to uh, alaskanewsource.com for the latest on that and, of course, part two of that series coming up. All right, heading down to Missouri now. This is uh, a very uh, good news story to a very tragic situation up front. Now, a man is considered a medical miracle by doctors in Missouri. They're around St. Louis after he was shot in the head, point blank range, left for dead, and now is still Stay around today to tell his story of his progress. So let's get you down to St. Louis, Missouri, and KMOV with that story. Bill man already facing murder charges, now in more legal trouble. Robert Tarr is accused of killing his ex-girlfriend, Leslie Reeves of Troy, He's also accused of shooting Chris Smith of Farmersville. Now Tar faces two counts of solicitation of murder for hire. He's accused of hiring someone while in jail to kill Smith and the lead detective on the case. News for Caroline Hecker sat down with Chris Smith and brings you his miraculous story of recovery. It's a story of survival fueled by determination. Imagine being shot in the head and left for dead only to be discovered alive the next day. That's the story of Chris Smith. 
Farmersville, Illinois is a small town about an hour north of St. Louis. The quaint town square less than a quarter mile from where Chris Smith lived. As I was driving home from work, I passed my neighbor's house and just had a gut feeling, something saying, don't go out, stay home, or just go over, just go to St. Louis. He decided to ignore that gut feeling, grabbing a few beers that night at the local bar with a woman he'd met online. The two headed back to Chris's house for another cocktail. But that's where things get fuzzy. Police later pieced together what happened for him. I guess when he broke through my back door, I must have come running down or running into the kitchen, and he pistol whipped me in the head. Police say the woman's ex-boyfriend, Robert Tarr, followed the pair back to Chris's house and say he shot 45-year-old Leslie Reeves in the head, then moved on to Chris. And then when I was on the floor, he shot me execution style like this. Reeves, who taught self-defense and concealed carry classes for women, died in the attack. Chris would lay on his kitchen floor for the next 14 hours, bleeding and unconscious. As the day went on, I felt it as a mom, my stomach, I said, something's not right. Something is wrong. A welfare check the next day led to the gruesome discovery, with Chris being rushed to St. John's Hospital in Springfield. We had 50-50% chance. That you'll make it. Dr. Gouda was one of the first doctors to see Smith as he was rushed into the ER. When we saw the scan, he had injur the injury to the brain was more on the, all on the upper part this way. Um, so the chances of him getting uh, what we call herniation, uh, wherein uh, it's more like uh, the outcome is very poor, even if you do surgery. But doctors took the chance, taking Chris in for a craniotomy to relieve his brain swelling. The single bullet remains lodged in his brain. Chris survived the surgery, but his prognosis remained poor. They told us he'll never be able to do anything. He won't walk, he won't talk, he won't smile. Nothing. Chris's sister and mother by his side every day. Look at mom. Look over at mom. Then in February of this year, he came to. Now tell me what you want to say. You cannot predict uh, when people have a brain injury that what would be their outcome in the beginning. It at least you have to give some three to six months to know what would be their baseline. So awesome, Chris. And Chris has shocked them all. After regaining some strength, he left Springfield and transferred his care to SSM Health DePaul in Bridgeton. There, he had additional surgeries and was met with some tough news. It's amazing that he was able to survive the injury, okay? So now we go beyond just surviving the injury to think about what is his functionality going to be. And most people end up being pretty debilitated, uh, paralyzed on one side of the body, um, pretty much confined to a wheelchair. That wasn't good enough for Chris. I looked him in the eyes. I said, Victor, you told the wrong person that he can't do something because I'm too stubborn and I'll do it out of spite. There you go, good. That's exactly what he's doing. Good, you got it. Completing inpatient rehab and graduating to the gym. 11 and 12, good job. He still suffers paralysis on his left side. There you go, that's a good way to get that. But has made great strides thanks to his hard work and personal trainer, Shannon. Trying to brush your teeth, tie your shoe. I mean, just everyday things we take for granted. Most impressive of all, Chris is now walking with the help of a cane. I want to be normal again. I want to be able to run. I want to be able to go golf. I mean, I want to be able to throw a football without falling down like I did the other day. <laughs> that normalcy taken by a man Chris says he'd never met. 
There you go. Just keep breathing. Motivation as he continues his fight forward. He murdered her, shot me, left me for dead. And all I did was meet her for a beer. That was it. Two more. Eleven. Channeling that anger. One more, one more, one more. Into progress. Awesome. This Sunday, some of Chris's friends will host a fundraiser for him at the Mellow Mushroom in Cottleville. It's from noon to three. And what an inspiring story there from uh, Chris Smith. And if you want to have a little more information about that, you can always head over to KMOV.com. All right, that's a look at your local top stories going on from across great television here. Just a few of them that are making uh, the trending a uh, top five there on what we call the big board, where we pick all of these stories for you. But uh, we have more than 100 television stations across the country uh, under the gray umbrella, and you can always find your local gray television station for more stories going on from your community. Clay, thank you so much for that update. While I have you, I wanted to ask you a question. Okay. Okay, have you ever heard of goats having full-time jobs? No, I mean, I've heard of goat <laughs> yoga, I perhaps, but that's pretty much it. Goat yoga. Well, apparently goats have been working really hard at the Chicago O'Hare Airport. Interesting. Yeah, so let me tell you a little bit about what they've been up to. I'm, I'm sure you're incredibly... <laughs> interested in this. Can't wait to find out. All right, so let's talk a little bit about these goats. So it's a job well done for a herd of goats in Chicago. They just wrapped up a summer season, spent chowing down on overground vegetation, overgrown vegetation at O'Hare International Airport. This is the ninth year that goats and other grazing animals have worked to help clear away scrub vegetation around the airport. It's part of an eco-friendly program to keep the airfield safe and maintained. And the animals will now head to warmer areas as fall weather approaches. Clay, did, have you ever heard of this? It's No, I haven't, but you know, it's a, it's a great um, alternative to having to hire other people to have to go out and cut the grass. You just let the goats do it free of charge. They're happy, you're happy. <laughs> Uh, everybody's happy. Yeah. I mean, and all you have to do is just, I guess, make sure that they have a nice, safe place to be. Yep. And and then whenever they get, whenever it gets to the cold season, ship them on down south with the rest of the, the geese <laughs> and the ducks, and uh, they all hang out until next summer. Well, actually, I was just thinking about this. I was trying to think, because this story kind of sparked a memory, and I, I was covering a story down in, near the Roanoke, Virginia area, mm -hmm. and they were opening up a solar field, I believe. Oh, yes. A hospital. You were covering right. that story as yeah. well for your station. Mm -hmm. um, was it for a hospital? It was for some big entity. Yeah, I think it was I, for Carillion. I think it was. I think it was a, okay. a Carillion project, and um, and it was potentially for a, a hospital. Yeah, and that's yeah. where they had told us they were going to be using goats right. instead of having to mow the lawn because it, it would be really tricky to get a lawnmower around right. all of those uh, solar panels. So they were going to bring in goats. So hey. Have to check back in with Carillion and see, yeah, see how, how that that's went. going a couple years later. Yeah, so, okay, so it's the ninth year that goats and other grazing animals have had full-time jobs in the summer at the airport. Check that out. Working hard, just doing what they do. Yes. Okay, so we're going to move on to our next story. And, Clay, I know this is a story that uh, you love this type of stuff. It's cool. 
Yeah, we're going to talk about space for a couple of minutes. Yeah. So NASA has captured a stunning view of Neptune's rings, and it, it is the telescope's first image of Neptune. So let's go ahead and share those images with you right now and give you a little more information about it as well. So NASA is sharing a stunning view of Neptune and its rings taken by its James Webb telescope. It's the telescope's first image of Neptune, and it's the clearest view of the planet in more than 30 years. When Voyager 2 flew by, the telescope is providing a crisp new view of the planet's rings, and it's the first time NASA has seen them in infrared. The telescope picked up several bright, narrow rings as well as the fainter dust bands. As for that bright light in the upper middle of the image, that's not a star. NASA says it's Neptune's large and unusual moon, Triton, which reflects an average of 70% of the sunlight hitting it. Neptune has 14 known moons, and Webb picked up about seven of them. Clay, this is phenomenal. This is amazing. Yeah, no, it's it's great. Um, so the, the reason that... Uh, Triton is so bright, by the way, is it is covered in frozen hydrogen, so that's why it looks blue that like that. Um, and and it, it's very highly reflective because it's it's covered in, in frozen like in ice. So that's why you can see it so well. So really cool uh, there. And then also, you know, I think a lot of people they they probably see this image and they go, "That's Saturn. That's not Neptune." But no, that is Neptune. Uh, and Neptune does have rings as well that uh, that go around it there. So wow. really, really cool That's stuff. Um, because again, the, the difference between the last image that we got from Voyager versus the James Webb Telescope, the distance between the two pictures that were taken is just almost unreal. Wow. I mean, you're talking about uh, at least millions of kilometers difference, but maybe even billions of kilometers difference. Uh, as Voyager was literally passing by Neptune, that was the last time that we got an image of Neptune and its rings. Uh, but James Webb Telescope, of course, orbits the Earth. And so we're getting just this stunning image from oh a goodness. much, much greater distance away and in great detail. Yes, well. I like, I cannot believe this is real. It, it's it's I mean, look extremely at that. impressive. It's that extremely exciting. Uh, the, the, the James Webb Telescope, the potential that we have to look at, at objects uh, that were challenging for us uh, is now within the scope yes. of, of possibilities. Uh, and, and I can't wait to see what James Webb sees and shows us as well. Yeah, and just to talk about that moon, reading that just a few moments ago, I was just... Uh, I mean, yeah, it looks like a star, but it's it's the moon. And if you're just yeah. now joining us, we're talking about NASA releasing these stunning images from the James Webb Telescope. And what we were just talking about is it's the first image that we're seeing mm -hmm. from of Neptune from this telescope, the James Webb Telescope. And we're talking about this. It looks like a star. You can see in the center of your screen but it's not a star. The bright light in the upper middle part of the image is Nap Neptune's large and unusual moon called Triton, and it reflects an average of 70% of sunlight hitting it. That's, that's what makes it so bright. That's a moon. Yeah. That you see on your screen right there. It's, it's a, it's a frozen moon, so that's, again, it's, it's, the ice is reflecting 
all of that light. Oh, okay, that, so that, that makes sense. So yeah, so that's that's what makes it so bright. You can always count on Clay to know so many extra fun facts when it comes to <laughs> science because I I didn't know anything beyond this script. So nah. Clay has that knowledge just hanging out. Nah, <laughs> well, I, I did a little research on it, of course, as the okay. pictures came out. But you know, it's it's really cool to see Triton. Um, cool. As well as as well as Neptune, and particularly the rings in such fine detail of Neptune. Yes. Again, this is, or just a reminder, we are looking at Neptune. This is not Saturn. Yes. So. And I, I feel like all all of the illustrations, you know, you see the rings around Saturn. When we were growing up as kids, and Neptune was always just this big blue right ball of yeah. planet. Yep. But those rings are very distinctive. It's really cool. Very, very fun stuff. Very fun stuff. All right. Thank you, Clay, for helping me nerd out on that <laughs> briefly. We are going to go ahead and show you one of my favorite videos. All right. Once I can get the camera situated there. And this video describes what Local News Live is. In case you're seeing this segment for the first time or aren't familiar with Local News Live, I wanted to share with you what it is. We are part of Gray Television. Gray Television owns more than 100 stations across the United States, and there are hardworking journalists in each of those cities telling the most interesting stories. And we share those stories, and we share the stories directly from the stations because they know those stories the very best and we like to give them a platform to be able to share their stories on a national level. But that's about it for our top headlines today. You're watching Local News Live. We'll be right back.